Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, One Life Church. It is Rhett, and I am so glad to have you join us today for Church at home. Now, however you found us, whether you're watching or listening in the car, on the couch, or over your favorite cup of coffee, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hey, we are in a series today we are calling Master Mind. Change your thinking, change your life. Now, before we jump into the message, I just wanted to take a moment and look into your eyes and tell you how much I love you. Man, Linda loves you. My son Max loves you. And we miss you from the bottom of our heart. You are in our hearts. You're in our home. You're in our prayers every day. And I just want to tell you that we miss you and we cannot wait to see you soon. And so many of you are probably wondering, hey, when is that going to be a reality? Well, you're probably aware by now that our governor, Brad Little, made an announcement this past week in regards to a phase four reopen of Idaho. Now, that obviously includes churches and businesses. And and so what does that mean for us? Well, our current meeting facility is the Nam Pacific Center. That is our venue. That is where we currently call home, right? Now, that is considered to be a large event venue or a large event facility. Now, according to our governor and even the mayor in this season, that is looked at as a phase four reopen. Now, listen, I want to be honest with you. Don't be discouraged because any of this could change. I mean, this is a day to day, week to week, right, event. None of us have ever been here before. So we're just doing the very best that we can in this season to just continue to do two things. You ready? We're going to continue to love God and we're going to continue to love God people and to love our neighbor. Listen, the church is not a venue. The church is not even a building. No, the church is you. It's me. It's us. And I just want you to know, listen, we're in this together. And so while I hope we are not a phase four opening, which could mean mid to late July, honestly, we don't know. But I want you to know, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be encouraged because we're still going to do four things. We're still going to help people know God. Now that might look a little bit different, but we're going to help people come into relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know that we had five people make decisions for Jesus since we began to do this via technology. So although this method isn't one that we probably all prefer, it is one that is working. And so I want to thank you for joining us and being a part and sharing the love of God through technology. And so if you're not already following us on Facebook or on Instagram at One Life Idaho or even on our YouTube channel, One Life Church Idaho, can I encourage you to follow us, to share, to like, to comment? Because you will never know, maybe on this side of heaven, the difference that you are making to help people come into a relationship with God because of that share or that invite. So we're going to continue to help people know God. We're going to continue to help people find freedom. Now, we help people find freedom through relationship. And right now in this current season, all our small groups have been meeting online in a Zoom format. And I want to let you know that we are taking this day by day. And as the CDC guidelines direct, and we're given permission to have groups of five or 10 or more be able to meet again, our small groups are going to meet back at homes. So I want to let you know that, listen, 
as soon as we know, we're going to make announcements in regards to what that looks like. So stay tuned and follow us there. Now we're going to continue not only to help people know God, find freedom, but we're going to help people discover their purpose by helping people take steps in connecting to a life-giving church. Because we all know that when you're connected to the life-giving church, that is the one of the first steps in discovering your purpose. Because when you know why you're here, your design reveals your destiny. And when you understand that, connected to the local body, that's when life begins to make sense and it's like the Bible calls it flourishing it says that your life will thrive when you're planted and so we're helping people do that through an online class we call discover so you can click the image on our website that says discover and learn all about that but we're also helping people make a difference hey one life church dream team Thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking because you are serving the body of Christ. You are serving not only the body of Christ, but you are serving your family, your friends, and the people that you're surrounded with. You're making a difference in their life. Now, it looks different. It's not on a Sunday morning, but it's from the comfort of your home or wherever you are by sharing, inviting, commenting, and just welcoming people to be a part of what God is doing through One Life Church. So listen, we're excited. We're taking it day by day. I love you. I miss you. We're going to see you real soon, and we're going to be in touch as we find out more information. But in the meantime, be encouraged, be uplifted, and just know that, hey, you, my friend, two things. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. We're going to change the world one life at a time, even if it's through technology in this season. Well, all right. I love you. I'm excited to get into part two of this message series that we are calling Master Mind. So get ready to open the Word of God up. Get those message notes ready off our website at olc.church. And let's get ready to follow along and learn what God wants to teach us today. You ready? Here we go. So how many of you would say, if you're being honest today, that you've made some irrational decisions? Like you've done some things that absolutely make no sense. Come on, if that's you, right where you are in your living room, even if you're by yourself, play along with me. Church is more fun that way. (laughs) Raise your hand. Say, you know what, Rhett? Yeah, that's me. I've done some things that made no sense. And so for those of you who didn't raise your hand, uh, man, you are perfect. Way to go. Congratulations. Just go ahead and polish that halo right now because I'm talking to the real people in the room. Listen, I have done some irrational things. I have made decisions that absolutely made no sense. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but maybe you've decided to start the year off right. You're like, hey, you know what? This is the year. I'm going to eat healthy. And then you do for like two days until your friend brings in the hot Krispy Kreme donuts into the break room. And you're like, oh man, I'll just take a little bite. And you take that little bite of that hot Krispy Kreme glazed donut from heaven itself. And then the next thing you know, you've eaten all 12. <laughs> and then to top it off, you swing by the convenience store on the way home after work. You grab a Coke and a honey bun. Come on. Hey, don't leave me alone on this side of the camera. I know you can relate to that. Or maybe maybe you've decided, you know what? This is the year, man. I'm getting out of debt. We're going to do well. We're going to get better in our finances. We're going to create a budget. And then you do well for two weeks and then something breaks, right? And so what do you do? Well, to soothe your pain, you pick up the phone, you open the computer, and you dial up old Amazon, right? You just got to buy those shoes and the outfit to match, and you might as well just go ahead and throw in a flat screen TV or a smartphone while you're at it to soothe your pain. So why do we do that? Why is it that when we know that we should apologize, we don't? Why is it that when we know we should take responsibility, 
we don't? Or why is it that we know we should do what's right, but we tend to only try to do what's easy? I mean, why? That's the question. Why do we do this? Well, if anyone could relate to behaving irrationally or or this type of behavior, doing things that they don't want to do, but not doing the things that you want to do, it would be Paul. Now, Paul was a Christian. He was a church planner. He honestly, he wrote two-thirds of our New Testament in the Bible, and he could relate to this. Like, he even asked the same question, and this is kind of our theme verse. It comes out of Romans 7, 15 through 25. Let's read this. It says, Paul says, I don't really understand myself. Is that you? Is that me? Like, I don't understand why I behave irrationally. I do things that I don't want to do. Look at this. He says, I want to do what's right. I don't want to eat the, I I don't want to eat the donuts. I want to eat healthy, right? I want to be debt free, whatever that is. It's like, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is, I don't want to do what's wrong, but it's like, I can't, I do it anyway. It says, I've discovered that there is a principle of life that's at work within me, that when I, when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what is wrong. It's like, I love God's law with all my heart. And that's you, that's me. It's like, we love God, but we find ourselves doing the things that we don't want to do and the things that we don't want to do that we do, right? He says, but here's the truth. It's like, I, something, there's like this power happening on the inside of me. And notice the words that he uses. He said, there is a war going on with my mind. Like there's something happening between this year and this year, and it's all right here. It's like, I love God, but I'm battling with these thoughts. And so look at what he says. And this is how many of us are feeling right now. It's like, oh, what a miserable person I am. I'm miserable. Like, is there anyone who can free me from this? He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And I just want to thank God that Paul did not stop there. But he goes on with the rest of the verse and he says, thank God. Like, I have come to realize my eyes have been opened to the truth. And that is that the answer, the hope, the truth that can set me free from this is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I just want to encourage you today. Listen, if that's you, which if we're all honest, that's like 99.9% of all of us. If you find yourself dealing with a battle of your thoughts and this war within your mind. I've got some good news for you today. You ready for this? There is hope and his name is Jesus. And with his help, along with some principles that we can find in God's word that I wanna teach you today, I'm telling you that you will begin to walk away from today or even throughout this series with the tools necessary to win the war in your mind. Because the truth is, Most of life's battles are either won or lost in your mind. Most of the things you face in your marriage, in your finances, in your relationships, in your career, in your health, both physically and mentally, most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. So here's the question. How do we win the war in our mind. And so last week, we began to answer the question by looking at the life of Paul. Because if there was anyone who learned how to win the war in their mind, it would have been Paul. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4, he says, hey, listen, as Christians, as followers of Christ, he says, 
We live in this world, but we don't wage war the way the world does. No, the weapons that you and I fight with, <laughs> they're not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. The Greek word power is dunamis. It means you have a divine power, a dynamite, explosive, miraculous power of God at work on the inside of you that gives you the power to do what? To demolish strongholds. So what's a stronghold? We defined stronghold last week as any area in your life where you've been taken captive as a prisoner, locked by deception. So any area where you've bought into something in your life that just isn't true. So here's the question. What's the lie that you bought into? Have you bought into the lie that you will never be free from that addiction? Have you bought into the lie that says, you know what? I will never be enough. No one will ever love me. I will never experience an intimate relationship because I'm so ugly. I will always be single. Maybe you've bought into the lie that says, you know what? I will always be in debt. I will never be free. I will never be good enough. My situation will never change. God doesn't love me. I've done too many bad things in my life. How could he accept me? So whatever the lie is, Many of us, we find ourselves there as a prisoner locked by deception. So what do we do? Well, we have to learn how to demolish, how to destroy, how to annihilate, how to crush, how to tear down these arguments and every pretension, these lies that the enemy has sold us that we bought into and we become prisoner to, locked by deception. We have to tear them down. We have to pull them down. These lies that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. So how? How do I do that? By taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. So Red, why is this important? Listen, I cannot stress to you how important this is. Why? Because your life is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Listen, the life that you and I have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Well, Rhett, that's just your opinion. Well, let me show it to you in the Bible. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, above all else. You know, last time I checked, I looked in the Hebrew. Do you know what above all else means? <laughs> It means above all else. It means if there's one thing that you need to remember, it's this. It's that you need to guard your heart. And heart, what does it represent? You need to guard your innermost thoughts of your life. Why? Because everything that you do flows from it. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. So if you want to change a life, then you got to change your thinking. So today what I want to do is I want to build upon the foundation that we laid from last week's message. Now today, it's going to be incredibly practical, but it's going to be incredibly powerful. Now these principles that I'm going to give you today are honestly principles that I found in God's Word that I've applied and it's given me the power to change my life by changing my thinking. Because I'm just going to be real. Can I just be transparent with you? Like I have thought, like my number one worst enemy in my life is my own thoughts. I've struggled with things in my life that said, you know what, Rhett, you'll never be free from that addiction. I've struggled all my life with things that said, you know what, Rhett, you will never be enough. Like you are not qualified. Who do you think that you are? Why would anybody want to listen to you? Don't you know the things you've done in your past? Like these are thoughts that I've had to battle. 
So I'm going to give you some things that are very practical yet very powerful. If you'll apply them, it'll give you the power to change your life. Now today and all throughout this series, we're looking at the life of Paul because I'm telling you, if anyone learned how to master his mind, it was Paul. And we see all throughout the New Testament that Paul battled, he fought, he warred, and he won. Now it was a process. It didn't just happen overnight. It's a day by day, week by week, moment by moment process, but you can find encouragement. And we know it's a process because near the end of Paul's life, we find him in a Roman prison on death row, waiting to be executed. And he writes this beautiful, powerful, incredible, encouraging letter to the Philippian church. Now, he could have said, you know what? I'm so discouraged. You know, he could have said, I am so hurting. Man, God, where are you in this? Why am I in prison waiting to be killed? Come on. No, he didn't do that. Instead, we find him encouraging the church in Philippi. Let's look at this together. Out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9, Paul says, from a Roman prison, now, hey, dear brothers and sisters, One Life Church, he says, one final thing. In other words, I need you to remember this. Out of everything that you've heard me say or teach or, or, or walk or demonstrate in my life, there's one final thing. This is it. Don't forget. Remember this. Write this down. Asterisk, circle, underline. This is important. You ready for this? Fix your thoughts. Now, wherever you are, everybody say that out loud. Fix your thoughts. One more time. Fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I love this. Here's the promise when we do, that the God of peace will be with you. I love this promise. And listen, I love the way the New King James Version ends this verse. Look at this. He says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, here's the word, meditate. I want you to say that at home with me. Say that word, meditate. Meditate. Meditate on these things. So what's Paul saying? He said, hey guys, your thoughts matter. Your thoughts are important. Look at this. He's saying your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. He's saying what comes into your mind comes out in your life. You need to understand no matter where you go, no matter what you buy, no matter what you have, no matter what you experience in this life, you will never have a positive life with a negative mind. It can't happen. And so it is absolutely 100% important that Paul is telling us, you have got to learn how to control your thoughts or else your thoughts will control you. In other words, we've got to learn how to train our minds. So the question is, Red, how? What does that look like? How do we train our minds? Well, just as you would train your body with physical exercise to try to be healthy, you can train your mind towards truth. Now, I joined the gym near the end of last year with a goal of just trying to get back in shape and, and to be physically healthy. And I honestly thought I could go jump on the treadmill, throw some weights around, and become healthy. Well, can I tell you what I've discovered? I've discovered that honestly, to be truly physically healthy, it's not just about what you do to your body, but it's about what you put in 
to your body that really matters because I wanted to lose about 20 pounds and praise God, I've honestly lost, I've lost five pounds, but man, it's the truth. Like it's not just about what you do to your body. It's about what you put into your body. And somebody needs to hear that because the same is true when it comes to training your mind. Because if you want a God healthy centered mind, it's not just about what you do with your mind. It's about what you put in to your mind. Now listen, that's some good preaching. Way to go. Yeah, amen, Pastor. Listen, if you're not amening me at home, you should be. That's good preaching, everybody. Listen, so the question is, all right, I'm bought in. Like, how do you train your mind toward truth? Well, what does that look like? Well, Paul just mentioned it in Philippians 4.8. I want to read that one more time. He says, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, here's what you need to do. You need to meditate. Everybody say that word out loud. Meditate. You need to meditate on these things. Well, Pastor Rhett, wait, 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 wait a minute. Are, are you getting new age online? So are you telling me we're going to have to sit in a circle with our legs crossed and hum? No, no, I am not saying that. And by the way, that is not biblical. You can't find that anywhere in scripture. So let me give you the simple definition to help bring some clarity to this word meditate. You ready for it? This is what it simply means. To engage one's thoughts in mental exercise. In other words, to focus one's thoughts. So God's saying, Paul's saying, I as your pastor who have applied this and see this work in my own life, I'm saying that in order to win the battle of your mind, you're going to have to learn how to focus your thoughts on God's word. Look, God's word says in Psalms 119, 15 through 16, look at this. I meditate. He says, I focus my thoughts on your precepts or, or on your principles, God, and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I will not neglect training my mind toward God's truth. Listen, if you receive this truth today, if you'll begin to apply this truth today, it will give you the power to set you free from the prison of deception and the lies that have held you hostage for so long. I'm telling you, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. If you want to change your life, you've got to change your thinking. And so last week, I asked you a question. I said, I want you to think about what it is you're thinking about. I asked you to do a thought audit. And I basically asked you two questions. I said, the first thing that you've got to do is that you've got to identify the lie that is holding you back. You've got to identify the lie that's holding you back. You've got to identify the lie that says, you know what, I'm not lovable. You got to identify the lie that says, you know what? I'm not good enough. I don't deserve anything good. I'll never be close to God. God will never hear my prayers. I'll always be depressed. There is no hope. I'm never going to be free. You got to identify the lie. Whatever it is, you got to name it. Why? Because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. So secondly, once you've identified the lie that's holding you back, I asked you, I said, now it's time to identify the truth that replaces that lie. It's time to identify the truth that replaces that lie. And I said, hey, listen, you need to get on Google. Open that computer up. Type away Bible verses about depression, Bible verses about anxiety, Bible verses about fear, Bible verses about worry, Bible verses about I'll never be enough and I'll always be alone. You need to search and find the promises that speak to your pain. 
And so once you identify the truth that replaces the lie, what do you need to do? And by the way, Rhett, why is this even important? The fact is that John 8, 32 tells us Jesus said himself, you will know the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. In other words, when you get into God's word, you're going to realize that his truth is the key that unlocks the door that's held you prison from deception and lies. And this is good. This is the truth. And so once you've identified the lie that's holding you back, once you've identified the truth that replaces that lie, it's time to train your mind toward truth. And this is what I want you to do. And this is where it's going to be very practical today. But I promise you, if you'll apply it, it'll give you the power to change your life. You ready for this? You need to write this down. Once you've identified the truth, you need to write it. You need to write it. You need to write the truth down. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Write the vision down. In other words, write the truth of God's word down and make it plain on, look at this, tablets. So write it in your iPhone. Write the truth of God's word in your iPad. Write the truth of God's word in your smartphone or dumb phone. Write it, print it out, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it in your car, wherever you are, put it on your screensaver. Why? So that he who reads it will run. In other words, so that you can experience the freedom in every area in your life. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us, listen, where there is no vision, in other words, where there is no revelation of God's word and his truth in your life, it says the people will perish. In other words, your life will experience death in every area when you do not have the vision of God's truth alive in your life. So whatever it is, I want you to write it down. So maybe you're thinking, you know what? Here's the truth that I need to write down. My identity isn't in my belongings, but my identity is, who I, is in who I belong to in Christ Jesus. Maybe you need to write this down. You know what? I can't change because Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what? I will not fear because my God is with me. Put that on your bathroom mirror. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I'm not alone. God is close. Because his word says that if I'll draw close to him, he'll draw close to me. And maybe some of you need to write, you know what? I am not a prisoner of this addiction anymore because I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Listen, whatever it is, identify the truth and write it down. And so once you write it, now here's number two, very practical, but very powerful if you'll apply it. Now you need to think it. So we're going to write it. And now we're going to think it. Red, why is this so important? Look at Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, so you become. So make the choice. I don't feel like it. Well, listen, you're never going to feel like it. That's why you'll always hear me say choices lead and your feelings will follow. So make the choice despite how you feel. Look at this, Psalm 145, 5. Make the choice to say, you know what? I will meditate. In other words, I will think, I will reflect, I will ponder, I will focus God on your wonderful works. Well, what does that look like? How do I do that? Listen, super simple. Take that one verse, take that one truth that replaces the lie that you've believed. Write it down. Think about it. For five minutes. Listen, you don't have to do it all day, 
You just need to do it every day. So for five minutes, I just want you to ruminate on that thought. What does ruminate mean? It means I want you to go over and over that verse and think about it, reflect on it, ponder it casually, slowly, like a cow chewing cud. Now, how does the cow chew cud, everybody? A, child chews cud, a cow chews cud like this. And then he swallows it, and then guess what? He brings it right back up, and he chews it some more. Now listen, I know that's a little disgusting, okay? But that creates a mental picture in your mind, I hope, of what it looks like to think. I'm thinking about your scripture, God. I'm chewing on it. I'm going over and over. Just one verse, one verse for five minutes a day. I'm telling you, if you'll apply this, it'll give you the power to change your life. I don't know what some of you are thinking. You're like, Red, I, I don't know about all this, man. And if that's you, can I just say, haven't you gone long enough as a hostage to your fear? Haven't you gone long enough as a hostage to the anxiety and the worry? Haven't you gone long enough being depressed? Haven't you gone long enough thinking that, you know what, I'm not good enough? Haven't you gone long enough not being free from that secret sin that you don't want anybody to know about? I mean, isn't it time to take back your life and to say, as Romans 12, 2 says, isn't it time to take back your life and go, I'm no longer going to conform to the pattern of this world. I'm going to stop thinking like the world, but yet I'm going to be transformed. How? By changing the way that I think. I'm going to renew my mind by the power of God's word in my life. Isn't it time to begin to walk out the blessing of God in every area of your life? Look at Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take their seat or sit in the company of mockers. No, listen, blessed is the one who doesn't think or act like the world, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who's delighting in God's word. Look at this. And who meditates, who simply thinks and reflects and ruminates on his law day and night, on his truth, on his principles. Look at the promise. It says, that person, my friend, is like a tree. You're solid. You're firm. You're immovable. You're planted by a constant source of fresh life, by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, don't miss this, prospers. Listen, my friend, my hope for you today is that you prosper in every area of your life. I want you to prosper in your family. I want you to prosper in your marriage. I want you to prosper in your relationships, in your finances, in your career, in your health, mentally and physically. So how do I prosper? Write it down. Write the truth down. Think about the truth. But don't only write it. Don't only think about it. Here's the third one that I'm going to close with today. You ready? Just confess it. Confess it until you believe it. Proverbs 18.21 tells us the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, what is this saying, right? It's saying that your life reflects not only the thoughts that you think, but the words that you speak. And that's why I want you, my friend, speaking the word of God over your life and over your family and over your situation. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. The word of God is alive. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true. And it helps us realize 
It opens our eyes. It brings us to the point of understanding what is wrong in our lives. It changes the way we think. It says it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what's right. In other words, it sets us free from the prison of lies that we've believed. And listen, my friend, some of you are being held hostage by the lies that you've believed. Some of you are being held hostage right now by worry and anxiety. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to identify that lie. I want you to identify the truth that replaces that lie. I want you to write it down. I want you to think about it. And I want you to confess out loud God's word over your life in that area. So maybe your declaration would look something like this. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. But rather, I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. Write the truth. Think the truth. Confess the truth until you believe it. Listen, some of you, you're confused. You don't know what to do. You're kind of afraid to even make a decision. And, and you feel trapped by the fact that you're like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to mess up. Well, if that's you, maybe this is your declaration. My life belongs to God. Daily, I seek Him. Daily, He directs my steps. I know His voice. And He leads me to His perfect will. Write it. Think it, confess it until you believe it. Some of you, maybe you're lacking confidence. You're like, you know, I'm never good enough. I'll never measure up. Listen, if that's you, you need to declare the truth of God over your life. You need to write this and you need to speak this out loud. You go, my confidence is in Christ, in Christ alone. And because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything that he calls me to do. So I'm going to identify that truth. I'm going to write it, I'm going to think it, and I'm going to confess it until I believe it. Why? Because most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You will never have a positive life with a negative mind because what comes into your mind comes out in your life. So what do we do? We've got to train our mind towards truth. We've got to demolish the lie. We've got to demolish the stronghold by taking captive every thought and making it obedient to God's word. How? By changing the way we think. We change our thoughts. We change our life. How? We have to identify the lie. Then we have to identify the truth that replaces the lie. Then we need to write the truth. We need to think about the truth. And we need to confess the truth over our life until we believe it. Listen, my friend, wherever you're watching or however you're listening today, some of you, you've been held hostage. You've been made a prisoner by deception, by lies for way too long. And today is the day that you can begin to experience freedom. But the only key that unlocks the prison door of deception, the only way 
the only truth, the only life, the only freedom comes through one person and his name is Jesus. And he loves you and he's for you and he wants to have a relationship with you today to help you experience the power, the transformative power of his Holy Spirit that brings life and brings life to the full. And it would be an honor for me to introduce you to him today. Will you bow your head? Will you close your eyes? Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, no one experiences freedom in their life apart from me. No one can come into a relationship with God except through me. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved you, my friend, and I, that he put an action plan in place, and that was that he loved us, that he gave us Jesus to die for our sins so that we didn't have to, so that we could experience eternal life. But not only life in heaven, but life on earth. Life and life to the full, John 10.10 tells us. So maybe you're like Paul. In the verse we read earlier, it's like, man, I don't get, I do things that I want to do. I, the things that I want to do, I, I don't want to do. Or I, I'm so confused. I don't understand who in the world can rescue me from this miserable life of sin and death. And if that's you, just like Paul, I pray that today you'll experience a moment by the power of the love of God where your eyes of your heart will begin to open and see, thank God, the answer is Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the only one that can set you free. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, I pray right now in this moment, every person watching and every person listening today, that they would begin to experience your overwhelming love right where they are. God, I pray for them that they would begin to experience, God, the freedom that comes from knowing you. God, I pray that their eyes would be open and that they would begin to be able to see clearly in their heart who you are and your great love for them through Jesus. My friend, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for your life. It's not too late. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Listen, despite your past, despite your mistakes, it doesn't matter. God knows what you've done, but he knows that is not who you are. Listen, you're God's son. You're God's daughter. And he put everything on the line for you so that you could come into a relationship with him. Listen, a relationship with God is not about going to a church service. That's a good thing, but that doesn't change your life. Listen, a relationship with God isn't just knowing who God is. No, a relationship with God is receiving a free gift that he's given you, which is Jesus. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't do enough, of good, do enough good. You simply receive what he's done. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he's done. And today, if that's you and you want to come into a relationship with God and begin to experience freedom in your life and experience fulfillment, Romans 10.9 tells us that if you'll simply believe in your heart, if you'll confess with your mouth and you'll believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, it says that you will be saved. You'll come into a relationship with God and you'll experience the miracle 
of Christianity. Man, I want this for you so bad. I want you to experience this. And something happens when you simply say a prayer that connects with God. So wherever you are, if that's you today and you want to come into a relationship with God, it'd be an honor for me to lead you in a prayer right where you are. Would you say a simple prayer like this? Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Come live inside of me. Change me. I declare that you are my Lord. And I believe that God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And I receive what you've done for me. I give you my everything today because you've given me your everything. I put my hope, I put my trust in you. And today, and from this day forward, I'm going to live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just made that decision today, congratulations. That is the single most greatest decision of your entire life. And it's the first step on your spiritual journey in your relationship with God. And we would love to know why, because we want to send you an email that sends you some simple next steps. So would you do us a favor, whether you've prayed that prayer or whether you're our guest today, would you click on the button that says connection card? Why? Because I want to send you an email. We're not going to call you. We're not going to bother you. Just send you one email straight from me that says, congratulations. And here are some next steps. All right, listen, in a moment, we're going to close our service in a special way that I've never done before, okay? But I want you to hang with me. So don't tune me out. Don't turn it off just yet. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you here, this is our time, One Life Church, our family. This is our time to worship the Lord with our giving. There's three ways that you can give. You can see those right here on the bottom of our screen. So if you've come prepared to give today, we would encourage you, pray, ask God. And if God speaks to your heart, be obedient. And listen, if you are a guest today, please understand there is never an expectation for you to give. There is never any pressure or obligation for you to feel like you have to give. This service is our gift to you. But if you'd like to give, all we would simply say is ask God. And if God speaks to your heart, be obedient to whatever he puts on your heart. just want to tell you, One Life Church family, you're incredibly generous. Because of your generosity, you're going in places that you might not physically be able to be right now. But because of your generosity, you are there and you're making a difference in our church family's lives as well as lives in the community. So thank you. You're incredibly generous. I love you and I pray blessing over your life for your gift and your faithfulness in your generosity. All right, I want to remind you today, you have an opportunity to see what your life looks like connected to a life-giving church. It doesn't have to be one life, but it needs to be a life-giving church. Some of you are watching this from all across the country. I want to encourage you, if you don't have a church home, you need a church home. Why? Because God says that your life will flourish when you are connected. Your life will thrive when you're connected in relationships in a local church. And so if you want to know what that looks like here at One Life, you have the opportunity to do that today. But clicking on the image, it says Discover OLC. That's right on our website at olc.church. All right, I want to do something special as we close. I not only want to pray a prayer, a blessing over our offering, but I want to speak God's truth over you today because I believe that this will help somebody today. So I'm going to read this over you. And if you're comfortable, could I just encourage you maybe just to put your hands out right where you are and receive this in the name of Jesus. This is God's truth. Listen, you are strong. You are mighty. 
You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are, and He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. No, you have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the Word of God guiding your steps. You demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You take thought, you take captive every thought, and you make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God and in God alone. And His peace guards your heart. His peace guards your mind and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Worry is not your master. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness, and you've been brought into the kingdom of God's light. You are empowered. You are chosen. You are called. You are the masterpiece of God, and you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, abounding in every good work, your God is for you. Your God is with you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present, nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, the battle may rage but we've won the war. It's time to declare the truth of God over your life. God, I thank you for my One Life Church family. I pray blessing over them. I pray favor and protection. God, I thank you for their gifts that they honor you and worship with their finances. I pray that you bless that. And God, in the name of Jesus, turn your face toward them. Cause your mercy and your grace to surround them in every area of their life. And bless them, God, I pray, with peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. One Life, I love you. Thank you for being with us today. I cannot wait to see you next week for part three of Mastermind. Change your thinking, change your life. God bless. Have a great day.